0: Once again, Happy Mother's Day! And as we come to God's Word, really as believers, we should find all of our comfort, all of our help, all of that we need for life in God's Word. And it is our authority. It is is where we go to because it is where the bread of life is found. Is where we learn of Jesus. Is where we know Jesus. Is where we grow in Jesus. And so I want to preach today. And even if you're not a mom, this is going to be applicable to, to you. This isn't just a Mother's Day sermon though I do believe there's real application for moms, and, and especially in a time where, let's just admit it, you've been around your kids a lot recently, and it may be that you love them more than you ever could have imagined at the end of this pandemic, or it could be that you are so happy that you're going to get a break soon. Whatever it may be, whatever your case is, but we want you to know that that God's Word has a lot to say about the, the important and hard work that you do as a mom, about what it looks like to be the people of God, and especially to be those who labor and those who carry a burden. And so today, I want you to see some of the sweetest words that Jesus speaks in Scripture. Some of the sweetest words to all who are heavy laden, all who carry a big burden, all who are busy, all who desire to do things well, all who feel the burden, of the need to be perfect, the need to be good, the need to be better, the need to produce something that's meaningful and lasting. I want you to see Jesus' words for us today. And they come from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And I want to remind you where we're going in our series and where we've come from. We're looking at the fact that in Jesus, everything changes for the life of the believer. We We are now people, if we are in Christ Jesus, that we... We have believed in Jesus, we've trusted Jesus, we've turned from our own sin, our own self-righteousness, we've trusted Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross, the fact that he died in our place, the fact that he died after living a sinless life that we could not live, and then taking the cross that we deserve, all that death and all that shame, all of that curse upon himself that we deserve for our sin and our self-righteousness, and he died in our place, and then he rose again so that we would have new life. and When we trust Jesus in that, we have a new relationship with God. We have, we're, we're no longer guilty. We're justified before Him. We're also restored to our right relationship with Him. We go from being enemies of God to not being His children and friends. And we also know that all of that happens because we've been united to Christ. We are in Christ Jesus, and all of the benefits, all of the eternity, all of the life, all of the joy, all of the peace, all of the Goodness of the life in Christ comes from being united to Christ. And and then also, we we know plainly from Scripture that this is a reality for every believer. This isn't just some Christians. This is what all Christians, all Christians now possess because we are in Christ Jesus. You may not be experiencing it fully in your life, but it's what God desires for you. What God has designed you for if you're a follower of Christ. He's also designed you for a new perspective and and a new purpose in your life. That now we don't look at ourselves or others or even Jesus with the same mindset. We don't see them as what they can benefit us, but instead we see them as either in Christ or not in Christ. We see them through spiritual lenses. We see the eternal value and the eternal realities of people's lives, and we want them to know Christ. We want them to be reconciled to Christ, and that becomes our purpose and our passion in life is to is to reach out to others, is to speak to others, is to implore others to be reconciled through Christ. And so that's our desire for you today. And if you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to see good news from God's Word of what God changes, what, what, what being in Christ changes, what it means to come to Christ. And when He says, come to me, you come one way and you, you continue a different way. You come to Him one way and you continue on in life. Completely different. You come to him, according to this passage, weary, heavy laden, and you continue in rest. That's a change that he wants for us. And, and if you're not a believer in Christ, you haven't trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your striving isn't going to get you anywhere. But today, come to Jesus. That's the call. So look with me, if you would, at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This is what God's word says to us today. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a word for all of us as believers. This is a word for the person who's not a believer to come to Jesus. It's a a word for the person who is a believer to come to Jesus, and it's a word for moms today, on Mother's Day, to come to Jesus, because... If you are laboring and you are heavy laden, your rest, your only rest, your real rest, not your bubble bath rest, not your take a nap rest, not your I need to escape rest, and I'm going to show my age here for some of you, not Calgon take me away rest. None of those rests are what Jesus is promising here. No, he's giving us true soul rest. And I want you to see that first of all today, that God wants his children to enjoy rest. A soul change, away from striving, away from trying to get ahead, away from trying to be better, and now resting in him because he's best, because he's perfect, because he's good, because he's loving, because he's kind, because he's gentle, because he's lowly in heart, that you would find rest for your souls in him. He wants that for his children. God wants his children to enjoy rest, a real soul rest. And so there's an invitation here. He says, come to me. The invitation is to come to him. He doesn't say, go find rest. He doesn't say, go work for rest. He doesn't say, if you work hard enough, you'll achieve rest. He says, come to me. He invites us to come to him. We also see there's a promise there. And the promise is, you will find it. You will find it. He will give it to you. It's not just, come to me. It says I will. There's a promise there. And that promise is wrapped up in this. It's got to be given. Rest has to be given. It can't be earned. Rest has to be a gift. It can't be something you earn or achieve. So come to Jesus is the invitation and He will give you rest because you can never earn it. And, and I think that's a message to all of us because it's easy for us and in the context of this passage of scripture, Jesus is actually talking about the Pharisees and it's actually already kind of just blasted, put them on blast about the way that they would heap all kinds of rules and regulations on top of people, all kinds of weight. On people, all kinds of labor on top of people, and be unwilling to lift a finger to help them, to be unwilling to to show any mercy, show any grace. They would just keep all of this legalism, all this legality on top of people, and they would find no rest for their souls. The people were heavy laden. They were heavy laden by the teachings of the Pharisees. They were heavy laden by the law that had been added to God's good and perfect law. They They were heavy laden now with guilt and shame and condemnation. And Jesus comes into that, and this is the message for all of us, that the solution of all of that weightiness, all of that shame, all of that condemnation, all of that striving, when the world and everything else tells you you have to be better, you have to be better, Jesus comes in with a solution. And that's that rest is found in his work and in his work. That real rest is found in Jesus. So there's an invitation today. And the invitation is come to Jesus. And there's a promise. And the promise is you cannot earn this rest. He will give it to you when you come to him. And there's a solution for all of the striving, for all of the one-upmanship in our world, for all of the, I've got this weight on me. And the solution is that you will find rest for your souls in his word and in his work. And so look at what he promises, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he commands us as, as we come to him, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But what we learn from this passage right here and from what Jesus is offering and giving in this rest is that true rest in Jesus is active. It's not lazy. So so when I have a hard day at work, and, and I know most people think pastors only work one day a week, but I mean, in this pandemic, I've been working a lot more than one day a week. So you finally are all getting your money's worth out of your pastor. The fact is, after a long, hard day of work, I want to nap. That's not what he's talking about here. I want to shower. I, I want to I make sure I relax. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about soul rest, And a soul change that happens from being heavy laden to now being free, now being loosed, now resting in him. And I want you to see that that's not a lazy rest. See, there are some people who say they come to Christ and then spend the rest of their life just, just soaking in the benefits without ever doing a thing in honoring Christ. There are some people who say, I came to Christ when I was eight years old, and then they're 88, and they've never once done anything in obedience to Christ. Instead, what they're doing is that they've taken all the benefits of eternity, they think, and yet none of the responsibility of the, the activity or the work. And so look at what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And he doesn't say, I'm going to stop your labor. He says, no, I'm going to give you a different job. I'm going to do it in a different way. And that's what the next phrase says: Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, take this yoke. And a yoke would take two oxen or two cattle and put them together so that they would pull the plow and, and this yoke would be one, he's saying, you're going to be yoked to me. I'm going to put the yoke on. You're going to put the yoke on. You're going to learn from me. I'm going to teach you what it looks like to rest. I'm going to teach you what it looks like to do the work and to do it in my strength. There's an activity. It's not laziness, but instead he's equipping us to do life. Isn't that, isn't that really good news? See, the Christian life isn't just about getting to heaven. No, you can come to Christ when you're 8 years old and still have 80 years until you get to heaven. 90 years until you get to heaven. 100 years until you get to heaven. No, what he offers is, it's not just eternity. He offers you the ability to do life. To do life outside of the striving of this world. To do life outside of the one-upmanship of this world. To do life outside of the get-ahead of this world, to do life outside of the weight of the condemnation of this world. See, rest in Jesus is not just waiting for heaven. Rest in Jesus is not just meditative spirituality that the world offers us to say, just center yourself and you'll find rest for your souls. No, rest in Jesus is found in Jesus when we walk, not rest from walking. He, he promises us something that's real. See, that meditative spirituality, you're just trying to escape reality, right? Thinking about, well, one day I'm going to be in heaven, and that's all you concern yourself with is an escape from reality. Jesus is offering us right now real life, the the ability to walk in reality. And that's what John Piper says, is that rest in Jesus is rest while walking, not rest from walking. And this is what Jesus offers you today. This is what Jesus offers me today. See, rest in Jesus is taking on something that unites us to him, the yoke. This is that union. We, we do the work of the kingdom with him to learn from. He actually says it, learn from me. Take the yoke and learn from me and learn who I am and learn what rest looks like. Learn what the work looks like so you'll find rest. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. I'm not puffing myself up. I'm not trying to show how great I am. I'm not showing you one-upmanship. Instead, I am gentle and lowly in heart. So, God wants his children to enjoy rest, a soul change, away from striving and trying to be better than everyone else, or having to be better than everyone else. And God also, in Christ, is giving us true, active rest. Not laziness, not an escape, but an equipping for life. Moms, Specifically moms, I hope that's good news for you today. He's literally looking at you today and he's inviting you in and saying, you think you're not good enough. Here's the good news. You don't have to be. He's telling you the good news is not that he can make you good enough. Good enough to be ahead. Good enough that when you drop the kids off at at a play date, you're not comparing yourself to the other moms. Good enough that when you see everybody's perfect Facebook page and Instagram page about how perfect their families are and your family is going nuts during quarantine, when you see all of that and you just don't feel like you're adding up, he says, you were never meant to add up to that. He's offering you instead himself. He's offering you rest for your soul. He's offering you an equipping for your life that's more than just an escape, but instead is an ability to walk in the reality of like, see, the problem with escapism is it ends at some point. Just think about going to a movie. Even the longest of movies it is, at best, an escape from reality. See, when I was a, when I was a teenager, my, my parents would say, okay, you guys can watch one movie, and then everybody's got to go home. So we would choose Dr. Shibago every time. We didn't care to actually watch it. We just chose Dr. Shibago. Just go look at how long Dr. Shibago is. And I would just let people stay. See, that's just an escape from reality. The reality is at some point we got to go back to obeying mom and dad. At some point everybody's got to go back to real life. And, and escapism doesn't give us the ability to actually deal with life. Escapism just tries to deny that life is even there. Deny it, that the problems are there. Deny that our kids are driving us crazy. Deny that our husband or our wife is driving us crazy. Deny the fact that this is hard. It's all escapism does, and Jesus is not offering you escapism. Jesus is offering you real change. He's offering you rest for your soul. And so, He tells us to take on this yoke, this, to unite ourselves to Him. And, and this yoke of Jesus' teaching and, and His word is different than the yoke of the Pharisees, different than the people that He is really putting on last year. So, so we read from verse 28, And following, and before that, he's going in verse twenty-one. Woe to you! He's he's pronouncing woe upon the people. He's pronouncing, he's denouncing the cities where his mighty works have been done because they didn't repent. He's denouncing the self righteousness. He's denouncing those who would turn from him, those who would heap all of this upon other people, all of the worldliness and all of the self righteousness upon other people and and he's saying that that's not the way of his kingdom and then in verse 25 of chapter 11 he says this at that time jesus declared i thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things the things of the kingdom from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children you've revealed them to little children yes father for such was your gracious will All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then He says, come to me. Then He opens the invitation to us. And who's the invitation to? It's not to those that He's pronouncing woe upon. It's not to those who would strive and strive and strive. He's saying, all that have had all that striving placed upon you, all that have had that condemnation Put upon you. He's saying, my teaching, my humility, my gentleness, and lowliness of heart. Come to me and find everything that you need. See in Matthew chapter 23, you can turn over there. The the Pharisees were handing out heavy yokes. They were putting all this yoke, the the pride and heavy handedness of what they were doing. And they were offering no relief to the people whatsoever. They were saying, do this, do this, do this. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. They were taking the law of God, which was holy and perfect, and adding to it all kinds of crazy rules, and then convicting and condemning people when they weren't keeping it. And they were giving no relief. There's no way around it. And Jesus comes into this situation, and he says, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. As you walk through life and reality, here's how you deal with it. You're not going to add up. But Jesus adds up. You're not going to be enough. But Jesus is enough. You're not good enough, but Jesus is good enough. You're not perfect, but Jesus is perfect. You may not win, but Jesus wins. You may not feel and find a victory today, but Jesus is victorious. And he's calling on us to rest in him. And this is how good he is. He, he gives the help. He gives the mercy. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And Jesus' yoke is light because he carried it for us. He says, take my yoke upon you. He carried, he carried the yoke for us. He carried the burden for us. He carried the weight for us. And this is the best news I can tell you today. At the cross, this is how much Jesus Loves you. How how great the invitation is to come and take up this yoke. Is he carried the cross for you? He carried the cross of all the shame and all the condemnation. He serves. Mark ten forty five. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He he gave his life as a ransom because he serves. And in Philippians chapter two, we're told that he was obedient even to the point of death on a cross. He humbled himself, and in this obedience and in this humility, we see his light yoke that we are called to take upon ourselves, the yoke that he carried through his humility, through his suffering, through his serving, through his obedience, through his giving. So how does Jesus change us? through this new yoke of his teaching. When he gives us a yoke of his teaching and his word, he says, come to me, take my teaching. Don't take the teaching of the Pharisees. Don't take the teaching of this world that heaps condemnation upon you. No, he says, take my teaching. Take my word upon you. Take my reality upon you. And this is what he does. He changes us from pride to humility. He changes us from striving and trying to be better and trying to even make sure our Facebook and Instagram pages Show how good things are going and how happy things are. Instead, he, he takes the real dirt of our lives and he redeems it and he makes it new. And he says, you were never meant to be enough. I'm enough for you. Trust me. He, he humbles us as he humbled himself. He brings us into that humility to show us not that our pride and our strength is what matters, but it's his strength and his compassion and his mercy that is our greatest need. He changes us from pride to humility. He changes us from earthly wisdom to the faith of a child. And that's what he says right before he says, come to me. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and everyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Who are those people? Well, he tells us. It's not the wise and the understanding. No, no. You've revealed them to little children. That's what he tells us in verse 25, that this is revealed to the humble, to the child, to those with childlike faith. You see, we're not meant to demonstrate earthly wisdom and earthly power. No, we're supposed to be the people who have faith like a child. You see, we're going to rest in the Lord when we trust like a child. You will find rest for your soul when you trust like a child. When we start practicing what we preach, when we tell our kids, you need to just trust God, maybe we should start listening and doing what we tell them to do. See, we will rest in the Lord when we trust like a child. When we work to be best, his humility his obedience humbles us. When we strive to be perfect, His sacrifice humbles us because He's the only one perfect sacrifice. When we try to earn His favor through our goodness, His cross humbles us because all of our self righteousness and all of our unrighteousness put it there. I want you to see this as I close today. As Jesus has changed us in he changes us and desires for all of us as his children to find real soul rest, a real change. That that real rest is active. It's not an escape. It's active, not lazy. but deals with real life. That, that his teaching and his word lift us up instead of weighing us down, bringing us to humility that he will then raise us up. Not pride that raises us up for a big fall, but humility that brings us low so that He will raise us up and we will stand in His strength. When we trust Him like a child. When we stop our striving to be better and best, start our trusting that He is best and He is enough. I want you to see this last thing. You may be saying, yeah, that's all well and good. I'm just, I'm just not good enough for that. It, you don't understand how bad I've been. You don't understand how pitiful I am. You don't understand how there's no way God can redeem this. You show me in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30 where the qualifications are. You know the only qualification he gives? Because there's no qualifications of character here. He doesn't say clean yourself up, get rid of your labor, get rid of all of your badness, get rid of all of your self-righteousness. Then come to me. He says, come to me, those of you who carry all of that. There are no qualifications. Just coming to the right person in the right place. See, today the call is not get rid of everything in your life that brings you down. It's come to Jesus and give Him everything in your life that weighs you down. Because His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Would you trust Him today? Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Jesus wants us to have salvation, to receive salvation from him, eternal salvation, because he has paid the price for our sins. He wants us to be reconciled to him. But that's not all he offers. Included in all of that is this. He wants us to experience true rest in this life right now. And that's an experience we can only have in Jesus. It is God's desire that we not only receive salvation from him, but that we experience the true rest that is found only in Jesus. I want to pray for us now that we will come to Jesus with all of our labor, all of our heavy ladenness, all of our condemnation, all of our shame, all of our I'm not enoughs, I want to pray for every mom out there who feels like they're not enough today. and I want you to come to Jesus, who never requires that you're enough, but instead offers you himself because he's enough. Let's pray today. Father, I pray that today we would find Jesus to be enough and we would trust him. I pray for every mom who's watching that you would relieve them of the burden of having to be best or better or perfect. And now point them to Jesus who is best, better, and perfect. I pray these things in Christ's name.